we're going to continue our series on the book of Philippians, which has been a bit of a challenge for us, serving as both as a challenge and as an inspiration for our daily walk with Christ. We are in Philippians 3. We will pick up from verse 12 to the end. I'll read for you. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, they walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Imagine you're at your front door. You're ready to step into a big world full of chances to, to try new things. Tough situations. But at the same time, exciting adventures. This door that I'm talking about is like the beginning of our journey to get closer to Christ. Today, let's think about this trip. The road ahead is thrilling, but also a bit, it can be a bit scary. We're caught between staying the same and daring to grow stronger in our faith. We're called to aim high and follow what God wants for us. On this trip, we are like runners trying to win a race, going after a special prize from heaven. This prize keeps, it is, it is what keeps us going. On our trip, we learn and we grow. We get smarter about how to handle life's ups and downs because we all have experienced ups and downs in life. On this trip, sometimes we have to hold on tight to what we believe even when things get really, really tough. At the same time, we have to follow the good examples of others who believe and be careful not to be tricked by bad influences or things that could slow us down on this trip. We have to keep our eyes on our goal, and the goal is heaven. And we keep going. We know that when we get there, we will change and we will have a wonderful future with Christ. In this journey of faith, 
pressing on, sometimes it feels like when you're searching for your car keys and they're in your hand the whole time. We, ha we often have what we need right with us. We just need to realize that it's there. So friends, let's talk about this faith journey. It's a journey that encourages us to never stop moving forward, but to press on. And that's the topic for today. In verse 12, it says, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Christ Jesus had made me, he has made me his own. We see Paul starts by saying he hasn't fully achieved the perfect Christian life. I am not where I want to be. This is a big challenge in our faith journey. None of us is there. We, like Paul, we are often stuck between how we are now and wanting to be more like Christ. Right? It's like being partly there, but not completely. We're not there. Paul understands the struggle. He can identify the struggle that the Philippians had, he had, and now we have the same experience. He knows we didn't start our own journey to being saved. We didn't start. It didn't start with us. It wasn't initiated by us. It was Christ. And Christ initiated this journey for a special reason. He wants us to change. He doesn't want us to be the same. He wants us to change and grow into his bigger plan. God's got a big plan for all of us. Think of a tightrope walker high up in the air. This journey, when he steps on that rope, he faces a tough choice between wanting to reach the end and dealing with a risky, shaky path. He has to be careful or else he will lose his balance or else he's going to miss his, his goal. Our Christian life is like this tightrope walk. We aim to be more like Christ. We all want to be more like Christ. We've been encouraged to be more like Christ. We want to have a closer relationship with him. But our path is full of things that distract us and make it hard for us. But looking at this scripture, this passage of scripture, how do we use this in our lives? What are the practical implications? And I was trying to think of you know, me being a parent and having young young kids. For some of us parents, this could mean we should focus on what's important. Like how Paul for, focuses on knowing Christ. Paul wants to know Christ. He has a focus. As parents, we should have a focus. We should put our family's well-being and growth first. As parents, like Paul, we know we're not perfect. Paul knows he's not perfect. As parents, we're not perfect. None of us are. There's no manual that we're given at, you know, in the hospital. This is how it is. This is how we do it. We understand as parents the struggle between wanting to be the best. We all want to be the best parents. And it's a struggle to be the best. But then at times we make mistakes. We need to accept these things will happen. It's natural. It's a part of life. 
We shouldn't feel guilty about the past. As Paul is saying that we should forget the past. Just like Paul says, forget the past mistakes. As moms and dads, we should forgive ourselves. It's hard, sometimes we find it hard to forgive ourselves and to, to let go. And at the same time, we need to show our kids how to live by being loving, kind, and patient. Being Christ-like means caring for each other and supporting our children. And just like Paul says strong, he says we need to, as parents, we need to stay strong despite problems. We should keep going, always trying our best for our family. And you may be a student or a young person in here today. What could this mean for you? Could mean setting goals. Just like Paul talks about wanting to know Christ. You as a student can think about your big goals. This could be doing great in school, finding a dream job, or growing as a person. This verse encourages us to set clear goals and work hard to achieve them, pressing on. And at the same time as students, as young people, we need to accept imperfection. Remember, like Paul, that no one is perfect. When you're chasing your dreams and you might face tough times or make mistakes, it's important to accept these challenges. Learn from them and keep trying to do better. And then we learn from the past. Paul tells us to move on from the past. As a young person, this means don't get stuck on old mistakes or regrets. Instead, think about how you can do things differently next time and learn from what happened before. The next point that Paul made was being a role model. Paul tries to be like Christ. And you can try to be a good example in your school and life. Being Christ-like means showing qualities like kindness, honesty, and understanding. These good traits can help you and also inspire others. In this passage, we're, we're encouraged to stay strong and committed. Paul's lesson of keep on going, even when it's hard, is really important for you as a student or a young person. School can be tough. There are social challenges, and you'll face your own personal struggle. The key message here is not to give up. Keep pressing on, even when things get difficult, and to keep dedicated to stay, to, to be growing, to keep growing and learning. In verse 13, where Paul talks about letting go of the past, that reminds us to leave behind things that don't help us anymore. We need to get rid of the baggages. He's saying that it's important to focus on the future and not get held back by what's already happened. I don't know about you, but I really don't like having to change my phone at times. Especially, I, I always drop my phones and break the screen. Sometimes I wait a long time before getting a new one because I'm so used to, to that phone and all the apps. It's, it's really a, you know, a hassle to having to get a new phone and then download and all these new apps. I just want to stay with the same phone. Sometimes it takes me like months to get a new one because I'm, 
I'm okay with a bit of trouble. I'm comfortable with it. But just like when we need to give up upon an old phone, we also need to let go of our past, including both good and bad things that we've done. For many of us, our past can feel like a big weight. We might feel bad about mistakes or even get stuck on old successes. So it works both ways. Even we, we get stuck, we become complacent in our successes. There's a struggle here between staying with what we know and facing what's ahead. But letting go of the past means we have room for new things. Forgetting the past isn't about forgetting everything. It's not about having amnesia. It's about being free. It's about liberation, being free from the past. Just like how we get new phones, we can start fresh in our faith. We can leave behind things that slow us down and move forward feeling lighter. This also reminds me of um, relay races where runners pass a button. Each runner reaches out to grab the button and then runs to the next person. Like them, we're trying to move forward to win a prize. We need to be careful to not drop our faith as we go. As you think about your own faith journey, ask yourself, are you holding on to something from your past? Maybe a mistake that still bothers you, or it could be a success that makes you too comfortable. Are you comfortable with, where, with where you are? God's kindness, let us leave our past behind. Let's use this chance to start our journey without the heavy stuff from before. But how do we do this? We let go. We let go of the past. Just like that tightrope walker focuses, he focuses on the steps ahead. We need to stop carrying that regrets and mistakes. Jesus gives us a chance to start over. And then we need to accept his forgiveness. Accept God's forgiveness. It's by admitting that we're not perfect and realizing that God's kindness, it is enough. And he always forgives. We let go of our past and enjoy the freedom that Jesus gives. Remember, pressing on in faith doesn't mean you won't have flat tires along the way. It, it just means God's got an endless supply of spare tires and a really good mechanic. Paul talks in verse 14 about working hard to reach a goal, which is a heavenly prize. He's saying, imagine something way better than anything on earth. A special reward for those who keep believing strongly, no matter what. Being a Christian isn't easy. Nobody said the road would be easy. Nobody said, promises you, that the road is going to be easy. Even at your baptism next week. If anyone promises you that the road is going to be easy, that's not the reality. There are tough times. There will be problems and hard things to deal with. But like Paul, I can't say it enough. Don't give up. Don't let hard times or problems stop you. 
Don't let the issues that you face or the disappointments um, cause you to change your mind. There's a reward. Paul tells us there's a big reward in heaven for those who don't give up. Think about the amazing thing that awaits us, that awaits us in the end, and, and trust what God has promises, what God has promised. Trust his promises, read his promises, believe his promises, because they are true. Like a shiny trophy at the end of a race, we're aiming for the best reward for following, following God's call to press on. It's really important not much of us think about heaven, but it's really important to think about this heavenly prize. It is what keeps us going. Even when things are hard, when we face problems or feel tired, we've got to remember this prize. It helps us understand why we keep trying. Why am I doing this? What's the point? We, we often have to choose between getting praise from people and the reward from heaven. Some of us are more encouraged by people around us. Some of us work more for the praise of others. The world might give us fame, might give us success, and things that make us happy for a little while. But the heavenly prize is something that lasts forever. It means being with God, seeming, seeing his greatness, and knowing that he's happy with us. That's the most important thing is knowing that God is pleased with me. My desire is to please God in everything that I do. So this prize isn't just for a few people. It's for everyone. It's a promise to everyone who keeps believing and doesn't give up. It tells us to keep going on in our faith, knowing the best things are still ahead. It is ahead. So I ask you, think about what keeps your faith going. Are you looking for praise from others or are you focused on the amazing reward that's awaiting us in heaven? Let the heavenly prize be what guides you and help us all stay on this path together and make, it you, make you even more determined knowing there, that there are great things ahead. Sometimes moving forward in our faith journey is like you, you trying to open a jar with a tight lid. It takes effort, a bit of creative, creativity, and sometimes you just need to pass it to someone with a stronger hand, like God in this case. With our eyes fixed on the heavenly prize, we are encouraged to keep moving in wisdom. In verse 15, the Apostle Paul speaks about the importance of those who are mature, having this mindset. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Just like the elders and pastors in our church, they teach us important things. Thank God for the elders and the pastors that we have. And they've worked on it. They've worked on themselves. They've worked to be where they are. They've worked to be mature. We all need to have a mature mindset as we keep going on in our journey of faith. 
the hard part is choosing between staying the same in our faith and choosing to grow. It's a choice. It's hard. It's easy to not change. It's so easy to stay with what we are familiar with. To stay where we are in our beliefs. But as Christians, I think we should grow in our beliefs. Having a mature mindset as Paul asks us to develop is wanting to learn more. I'm just not comfortable with where I am. I want to know more. I want to understand better. I want to get closer to God. A mature mindset isn't just about learning things. So there's a learning aspect of it, but there's an application. It's about using what we learn in our daily lives. It means understanding that our journey with God is always about growing and changing. It's about knowing that God has a lot more to show us as we look to him. As we look to God, he shows us more. He reveals more of himself. None of us have got it together. None of us knows all. And so that's why we have to constantly seek in God and seek in his wisdom. Because this mature mindset, it helps us to deal with challenges wisely and carefully. It helps us see God in everything. I want to see God in everything that I do. To find good things in hard times. How do you find good things? How do you find good in a bad situation? How do I, how do I feel closer to Christ when things are not going the way I expect it? It's about, Saul goes to you being developing in your faith and learning, wanting to, to learn more and know about how God, how God sees things and seeing things from God's perspective as opposed to my temporary earthly perspective. Think about your own faith. Are you happy where you are? Or are you ready for the changes God wants for you? Remember, growing in our, growing in our journey means we need to have a mature mindset. We have to have a mature mindset. The Apostle Paul in verse 16 encouraged us to hold tight to what we have already attained. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. This is like saying our belief in God is like a building that goes through tough weather and problems. A building needs a strong base to stay up, just like we need to hold on tightly to what we believe in. In this lesson, we are learning about the difference between staying strong in our faith and letting doubts and worries make us weaker. Because that's what they do, that they come to make us weaker, to weaken our faith. Doubt come to weaken us and to take us away from our beliefs and believing in God and believing in his promises. Holding tight. The Bible says hold tight. It means we, we, we're choosing to be strong even when things are hard. And it's not something that we do in our own strength. It's something that we, uh, we have to depend on Christ. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground, 
is sinking sand. We've got to trust that Christ as our rock, he's our anchor. Because he knows the journey ahead. He knows the way, the path that we are meant to tread. Think of our faith as a building that's still being made. And we're the ones building it. Holding tight is not just about sticking to our beliefs, but also about making them stronger. This means getting closer to God. How do you do it? By reading. By, by reading his word. By praying. And just following his advice. When we hold on to our faith, we will face tough times. But these don't have to make us give up. In fact, just like a good building, it gets stronger when it faces wind and rain. Our faith can get stronger when we face problems. So I'm asking you, are you holding on tightly to your faith? Are you staying close to God's promises and his love, even when there are hard times? Remember, just like a strong building stays up in big storms, our faith can stay strong if we hold on to God's true words. And as we press on on our journey, let holding tight to our faith be our steadfast commitment, knowing that it is through this unwavering position that we continue to build and grow in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And in verse 17, the Apostle Paul highlights the importance of imitating those who set a positive example. He says, brothers, join in, join in imitating me and keep our eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. God has given us great people in our church who show us how to live a life that focuses on Christ. The challenge we face is choosing between just doing what everyone else is doing or just following good examples. It's about not just fitting in with normal, normal ways, but trying to be like people who live their faith strongly and with a clear purpose. Good examples are people who show us how to live out our faith well, with commitment and humility. They teach us about the important things we should follow in our lives. Not all of us know what's important in our lives. We, sometimes we get our priorities mixed up. And it's, a, it's, it's good to have people around us, mentors, that, that can guide us and that can help us stay on, stay on course to know, know what's important. Think about the people in your own life who are really good examples of faith, who show you what it means to live like Christ. How have they encouraged you to be loving, kind, and understanding? That's the kind of people you want in your, in your life. It's like a car that works well when it's taken care of. Our faith journey goes more smoothly when we follow good example. Let these people be like signposts for us, showing us the right way to go. The good examples around us remind us that we're not alone in this. <laughs> don't worry you're not alone in this <laughs> we are part of a big group of people who believe and we get help and encouragement from those who are with us and those who have been before us 
In verse 18, the Apostle Paul cautioned against those who walk contrary to the truth. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, they walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Most of the time, the church can be a place of refuge. But it's important to be aware of false friends. I call it false friends in our church community. These are people who might lead us away from what Jesus teaches. And this is what Paul is warning us here. We face a big challenge here. The risk of being tricked by people who seem like friends, but might actually harm our journey with God. There's often a saying that I can know who you are by the friends you keep. Anyone know that? The struggle is between real friendship that help us grow in faith and fake friends who don't really help us. It's, a, it's about choosing to be with people who truly support our spiritual growth and being careful of those who might have bad intentions. To spot false friends, we really need to understand what God says and listen to the Holy Spirit. Agree? It's crucial to check if our relationship in church follows Jesus' teaching. The Bible asks us to test every spirit on this journey. If we're going to press on and not be distracted, we've got to test every spirit. Think about this. Are there people or things in your life that might be taking you away from God, from God's truth? Or are there people who seem like friends but might be leading you in the wrong direction? I'm sure this is not happening in Trinity. Our journey with God needs us to be careful and wise. We should be with people who lift us up and help us grow in faith. Agree? At the same time, we need to be careful of false friends who could slow us down. We want to be on fire for God. As we continue on our path, let's remember Paul's advice and be smart about who we spend our time with. Let's stick with people who are committed to Jesus and his teachings and be careful of those who might lead us the wrong way. The next point I want to make is in verse 19. The Apostle Paul cautioned against those whose God is their appetite and whose glory is in their shame. Their end is destruction. God, their God is their belly and they glory in their shame with mind set on earthly things. Destructive desires, I call it, can cause problems in our journey with God, leading us away from what's good. We're learning here about the struggles between wanting things that can hurt us and wanting what God wants for us, which, bring us, which is what really brings us happiness and peace. And the challenge we have here is choosing between what we want on earth, which might feel good for a little while, but isn't good for us, and what God wants for us, which is much better and lasts forever. Amen? Destructive desires are things we want that take us off the right path. 
This could be wanting too many things or doing things that are just wrong. These desires might seem fun at first, but they end up hurting us and making us feel far from God. We want to be closer to God. We want to be drawn closer and closer in our daily walk with God. But then we have to check our desires. Think about your own life. Are there things you want that are leading you away from God or leading you from what God wants for you? Are there things you crave that make you feel distant from God? But you can tell when you're not on the right path. You can tell when things are not, you're not in a right relationship with God. Our faith tells us to see these destructive desires and choose what the Spirit wants instead. These are the things that matches God's plan and make us truly happy. By doing this, we avoid spiritual problems and can keep moving forward in our faith with confidence. We want to move on in confidence in our faith. As we go on in our journey, let's be careful of destructive desires and focus our hearts on God. Let's follow his way to find true peace and joy. And in verse 20, the Apostle Paul reminds us that our citizenship is in heaven. From it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The idea here is about seeing heaven as our final home, where we really belong and find out who we are. The challenge we have here is focusing here, focusing on things here on earth and looking forward to heaven. It's about deciding whether to put our love and effort into things that don't last or into the lasting happiness and peace we'll find in heaven. Our faith isn't just about life on earth, here and now. It's a journey towards our heavenly home where we'll be fully with God. Are you looking forward to that? We're all looking forward to that without any pain. And where all our deepest hopes come true. I'm sure you, we all have deep longings. And it can never be met here. It's only when we, we're with Christ, eventually with Christ. Are you focusing on being a citizen of heaven? That's something that should encourage us on our faith journey. That is something that should encourage us as we press on. Our faith tells us to keep our eyes on heaven, to think about the things that will last forever and to look forward to the happiness and the joy that awaits us there. By doing, by doing this, we find hope and meaning in our faith, knowing our real home is with God in heaven, not here on earth. They say when the going gets tough, the tough get going. In our faith journey, sometimes the going feels like we're walking uphill in the snow. But remember, even uphill walk leads to beautiful views. In verse 21, our final verse, the Apostle Paul speaks of our humble bodies being transformed to be like Christ's glorious body. Who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body 
by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. What we are learning here is about the difference between our bodies now and how they'll be wonderfully changed in the future. It's about understanding that our current bodies have limits, which we all know. But one day, one day, they will be transformed into something much better and lasting. Our journey in faith is not just about our spirit. It also includes our bodies. One day we will have changed bodies that are like Christ. The problems and weaknesses we have now will turn into strength. They will turn into something beautiful that you can hardly imagine. When you think about changed bodies, consider the challenges you have with your body now. Similar to the testimony that we have had earlier. That pain, that excruciating pain that my sister was going through. We will be free from pain and suffering. And we will look like Christ. Amen. Look like Christ. Are you looking forward to this promise? This promise of change body. As we go on in our faith, let's be hopeful and sure that our bodies will change to be like Jesus Christ. Let's keep believing and knowing that the best things are still to come. Don't let the pressures of life distract us. And as we come to the close of our time together today, let us carry with us the powerful lessons and insights that we've learned today. Remember, our journey in faith is not a static one. It's, it's a dynamic path. It's filled with, with growth. It's filled with ups and downs. It's filled with transformation. And then there's this promise of a heavenly reward. We've learned today about the importance of pressing on despite the challenges, despite the fight. Not just in our spirit, but our very bodies. As we anticipate the day, we will be made perfect in Christ. That's where, that's where we'll be, we will be perfected. Our perfection is in Christ. Let each of us take a moment to reflect on where we are in this journey. Where are you in this journey? How are you finding it? Are we holding tight to our faith? Following good examples. Working to be matured. Working on our mindset. Are we turning away from things that doesn't help us? Destructive desires. Are we choosing good friends? Are we choosing good companions? Are we surrounding ourselves with those who will encourage us in our faith? Who will point us towards Christ? Are we keeping our eyes fixed on our heavenly home? Anticipating the joy and peace that await us there. As you leave here today, I challenge you to live out these truths in your daily life. 
Be inspired by the examples of faith around you. Embrace the journey with all its highs and its lows, knowing that each step, it brings you closer to the ultimate price, a life lived in the fullness of God's presence. God bless you.